We're talking apple cider, bitches. If you aim for the king, you best not miss. We are Brendan Scholars here. He definitely grabbed the titty a little bit. Mac Jones can't put up 20 points to save his life. We got to have fun here, Mike. I love having fun. Stay loose and have fun. Yes. And you know who doesn't like to stay loose and have fun? One of our personal heroes, somebody who we've talked about singing their praises the last few weeks, a man by the name of Brendan Schooler, and he was not having any fun last week. Not at all. Not one bit. Not for one second. Because during the absolute heartbreaking, backbreaking defeats of the New England Patriots at the hands of the Washington Commanders, Brendan Schooler was a man deranged. He was inconsolable. We need one of those, you know, those like have a day graphics they used to post. Like have a day, mm. Brendan Schooler. It's like grabbed, grabbed one guy's shirt. He fell down, yelled at a guy on the sideline, ruined the game. He was pretty good out there. He was good, and uh, that was tough to see. He, he he was a hero on our special teams, and now it's as you were talking about those those graphics. Like if we put you put that like we'll be right back on as well. Yeah, I think yelling at the ref, and the people are trying to grab. I think it's it's you know to quote a great man: "You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain." And Brendan Schooler definitely is trending towards. Uh, that Joker trajectory <laughs> right now. But for those of you at home listening and wondering, who is that? Who is that mystery man? That third voice? That doesn't sound like one of the Andrews. Well, you'd be right, ladies and gentlemen. For the first time, a new guest on the Dropback Podcast, introducing Mr. Mike Murray. Mike Murray, everybody. Mike Murray, welcome aboard. Thank you, guys. My name my name isn't Andrew, but I am just a white guy, um, and I'm excited to be here. <laughs> yes, and he, he loves the Pats. I'll yeah. be honest. I'll be honest. Didn't expect to start the Pats talk with a uh, Brendan Schooler discussion. I'll be honest. Well, as you as you you know, some people may know that we are Brendan scholars here, and we take we take his role on the team very seriously. And I think watching him just have a complete collapse and and meltdown in front it, it looked like he was going insane on the sideline i think that is a very like poetic sort of comparison to the pat season as a whole it's like you start off pretty good like people are like oh look at that <clears throat> team they might be a lot better than we think they are like look at brendan school he's pretty good and then you start fucking up you fuck up even more and then all of a sudden you're just on the sideline yelling and, and losing it all like all in like one fell swoop it seems like you blink and it's it's over and yelling um, and yelling and no one gives a shit about it too right like he was yelling to no he was upset and no one the rest weren't listening no one no one really cared that he was upset about yeah, that nobody yeah. cared at all the announcers were even like what is he talking about like, that was clearly <laughs> a penalty on him he didn't even need to do anything and, and he you know and no i mean it definitely he definitely grabbed the titty a little bit but the guy like the guy went the guy did fly a little bit for sure yeah, yeah. But I mean, you, know what, like, you can't. You just can't do that. No, nah, you can't yeah. be. Gra- you can't be grabbing teats like that, especially not not, not in such a critical scenario. I will say, I was listening. I had to go to uh, a cousin one a cousin's soccer game, so I missed the fourth quarter. But I was listening to it on the radio, and hearing that we got a stop and forced the fourth down uh, with it was like three minutes left. That was so huge, and I couldn't believe it. Like, I was, I was like, "Oh my god, we're gonna, we have a chance!" Like, despite everything that we've done this second half to shoot ourselves in the foot, we're gonna have a chance to go down and and win the game. A three minute drill for Mac Jones, and then king of king of the three minute drill, Mac Jones, king yeah. of the exactly, yeah, king exactly. Mac. They call him Mac, Mac, Mac Mr. three minutes, Mister Unlimited, yeah. Um, uh, and but, you know, just it just like stupid penalties too. Like just an offsides penalty gives the commanders the first down, and then there's just more time they get to kill the clock. Mac Jones ended up having uh, two minutes at the end of it. I think we to, got three you know, special teams penalties in a row. Three yeah, in a row. Yeah. Brutal. And it was a big time. It was a big. It was a big time. Like digging themselves in a corner too. Right? They kept getting these stops at like the thirty punch. You know, fifteen yard return of the punt. 
hold. They kept they, they started like three straight drives within their own 15 yard line, which is like if your offense sucks and then you're also starting behind what they automatically give you if they kick it off. It's like what like what are we doing here, guys? Yeah, I will say on the the actual last drive that we had, it started off well, like very well. Like we were moving the ball in chunks. Uh, I think we got a first down the first play. We got like nine yards the second play, and then we had that big gain to was it Juju? I was I was listening. I couldn't yeah. I didn't see it, but it, it was, was like a twenty yard gain to get us close to midfield. Juju had a couple of plays where I was like, "All right, Juju." Hey, like, he 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 played well, but he also sort of lost us the game. But I wouldn't say that's all completely his fault. The last Mac, play was Mac, definitely all his fault. Well, you know, Mac Jones kind of forced to throw to the middle of the field when it hit you know, him in both of his hands. He, yeah, you know, he should have caught it right, but you're also making the dude dive out and catch the ball. Like, why are we? Why is that the play we're going for? We need we have 40 seconds to move the ball 10 yards, and you're going to force your like mediocre receiver that's played very poorly throughout this year to make this crazy acrobatic catch. You know, like Mac Jones on that drive too. Uh, I don't, Mike, I'm not sure if it was that drive or the drive before, but remember when he. Sort of just like threw the ball, and they were the announcers were saying Gasicki like had ran the wrong route or something, and it was mm-hmm. just in the middle of nowhere. It was almost picked between like the cornerback and the safety, just nobody there. Like Mac Jones' judgment has just not been. He he needs well, to like slow the game down a little bit more in his mind because we we had forty seconds, we got to go fifteen yards. Chad Ryland, Mister Reliable, could have been there to tie the game. It is what they call him. That's what yeah, no, he's literally every literally everyone's been saying that, which is crazy. <laughs> I will say I was listening to Zolak on the radio, and they are not huge Mac defenders. I feel like Zolak, especially, is like pretty brutally honest with how he feels he sees the game. And the Gasicki play that you were talking about, he was grilling Gasicki for like giving up on the route. He said that Mac threw the ball where it was supposed to go, but Gasicki stopped running. And like, I didn't see it because I was in the car, but that's what he was saying. He also, I saw the Taekwon Thornton out route that he just like was chopping his feet and Mac threw it and he just like wasn't even there. The one where he took, the, yeah, he took the, he took like six steps to try and get the by, got by the guy and then oh, just yeah. walked to his yeah. left a little. He ran to the top, did like, like a... choppy feet for a, like, <laughs> A half an hour, and then he turned his head, and the ball was yeah. had been gone for a quarter and a half. Some I will say, I think the Andrew Baroni flag football jukes. True, yeah. I actually think you made a good point, Baroni, of the game being way too fast for him. It is like appalling to watch. He like he. I think at some point he got in his head, like, okay, I'm going to be under pressure, and every single game he is going so fast. Like, you can tell, like he's desperately trying to like make up for it every single time, and it's like exhausting yeah. to watch because there was the protection was pretty good yesterday. We, I mean. Connor McDermott gave that one play where it was the it was a strip sack that turned into uh, rough on the pass, so he kept the ball. But they, for the most part, I thought the protection was pretty good. Obviously, bailed out a little bit by very rarely do you get the opportunity of playing a pass rush that just traded their two best players like three days ago. So I guess that's sort of a, a benefit. Oh yeah, insane. <laughs> but um, I just I think Mac just he just rushes through everything. He's just so he just he thinking way too fast, and I just don't know if he's ever going to chill down to where we would need him to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think with Mac, it's just the world is against him right now. Right. You know, the Pats fans, Pat, Pats nation, you know, we were super Pats. excited to have gotten him. Pat, you know, we, we were super excited to have drafted him. You know, we were all hoping the, the expectations on his shoulders were, okay, I need to replace the best quarterback of all time. And, you know, situationally he hasn't Damn been Newton. set up for success. And now, you know, Cam Newton, you know. Yeah. The best quarterback um, of all time, Cam Newton. All time, like you said, you know, our, our offensive coordinators have just been, you know, poor as well. And now it's kind of getting to the point of his career where, you know, the question of really replacing him is is being thrown around. Like Zappy, Zappy, Bailey Zappy, I don't know. Yeah, like, no, we, we have no one on the roster. Was, yeah, but it's just like all in his head that, like, he's going to get replaced. He's got bad receivers. He's rushing himself at every step of the way, trying to make up for for it, as you just mentioned, Mike. And he's just playing. He's, it's an uphill battle yeah. here. I will say that rookie year, Mac. I think fans, if you polled them, were majority in support of Mac Jones. I would say he had a good rookie year, all things considered. A bat like a not not a great roster did pretty well with it. Uh, made the playoffs. And then 
last year, you know, obviously you're dealing with Patricia and I think a lot of fans understood that that was a shitty situation. I don't think he had as much support as he did his rookie year by the end of last year, but I also think more fans were still behind him than they would be in most scenarios on other teams. You know, I still think he had like 50% of the fan base being like, it was Patricia, like Max, our guy, let's go. Like we believe in Mac. And now like he is just still making such terrible decisions. Like he's not playing fundamentally sound. There was the pass that he had out to Ramondre when he uh, ran the wheel route and he literally threw a pop fly that allowed Jamin <laughs> Davis to catch up to him and stick his hand out and break up the pass. And obviously we're lucky that that happened because the safety was crashing down and would have yeah. blown Ramondre <laughs> up if that pass got completed. But he's, I think you're, you're both right. I think he's worried. I don't think he is doing the things that he did in college that allowed him to become a first round pick. He's just so nervous about it. And at this point, the fan base for a majority has turned against him. I think more people than not would say, yeah, he's done. We need to look in a different direction. And I mean, it's unfortunate. Uh, he didn't have the best scenario coming in, but also there have been other guys who have been drafted into bad scenarios as well that have we've seen routinely in the NFL succeed. You know, like so I don't think you can fully excuse Mac Jones for the performances that he has had so far. No, not a lot. He is. Side note for that. Um, have you ever heard Patriots fans Gillette Stadium just? all unanimously cheer for Mac Jones? Or is that just like his last name not having a good ring to it when, when they're all screaming? Because the people have been chanting Zappy before, but I've never heard like Mac Jones, Mac. I've never I've never heard that. Like his name just not, might not fit the bill for that one. That but. might be why he sucks. Yeah. yeah. We need a guy true. that can be cheered on by our fans unanimously. Cunningham. Cunningham. People would love that, yeah. No, I mean, like we could be like Mac Jones. He's a de- he's a dead man walking. Like we don't have to be like, oh, maybe some of the fan. Like it's it's over, obviously. Like no, yeah, does anyone, does any, does anyone here problem. right now want Mac Jones to be the starting quarterback next season? No, oh no, no. Okay, yeah. So I mean, I mean, uh, the other thing about Mac is that if you can't work off a script, if you can't work off a structure, you basically like have to be perfect in the pocket, or at least have a bigger arm than he does too. And it's like, well, if he doesn't have any of the physical tools that he basically has to be perfect in the interior game. And if he's playing, like, he's still, he's still making the same sort of mistakes that, like, like, like we get on Zach Wilson about it. Like, at least Zach can kind of run around and have a big arm. I don't, I don't think that Zach Wilson's better than Mac Jones, but I, ju- I just think that you ha- if you have to give us something else, I'd rather have someone that could just run around and recreate something. I feel like at, yeah. at this point in the game, st- being a statue in the pocket and then sometimes being able to drop dimes and sometimes turning it over, it's just a, it's just a disastrous scenario. Yeah, it definitely doesn't help him too. That the dimes he does drop, he's throwing to players like Jalen Rager and Devontae Parker. Putting Two the first right round picks. Hand. Yeah, dude. True. Basically, like, basically Justin game. Jefferson. He was basically throwing it to Justin yeah. Jefferson yesterday, and he exactly. still sucks. It's it's so frustrating just watching him throw to Jalen Rager all the time, who's just completely clamped every time the ball is like going thrown his way. Although Jalen Rager did have a pass breakup. He's playing. He also he had a great block. He blocked on the touchdown, Andrew Baroni. He did. I'm sorry. He's a great <laughs> block. That, that's why Nikhil Harry was so valuable. I was just going to say Nikhil. Great in the run game. We need to that's just. Our- I think if we're going to double down on this strategy, we need to just go all in. Like Nikhil on one yeah. end, he's pass block or he's run blocking. Jalen Rager on the other end, he's run blocking. Bring um, Nikhil I think back. That, yeah, I think that has to be our strategy moving forward. I think that's the future of football, probably. I was. What was was Juju a second round pick? Yeah. So we have two first round picks and two second round picks. So and really, I mean, everybody who's asking us to draft a receiver in the first round, we did it already. They're there. Mm-hmm. Hello. They just think. They just think. Unfortunately. Card. Yeah. On paper, if this was uh, draft day, yeah. Well, you didn't. Was, you didn't even. Was like a rookie take, the year they got drafted. Wow. Well, they had a good group there. True. Yeah. You didn't even say Tyquan Thornton, who is another second. No, round he was. Pick. He was the second second round receiver. I was thinking. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, talk, speaking of Jalen Rager, I don't really know what's going on, but he, he played the second most snaps of any Patriots receiver yesterday, and I get that. I, I get that there's injuries, but like, what, like, what in, what in the world could possibly be going on there? What does Kayshawn 
Boutte need to do to get on the field? Who needs to die for him to play football? <laughs> because it doesn't make sense. It does not make sense. Why would you not? We know what you have in, in Juju. We've seen it all year. We know that Jalen Rager is a certified bust. Why wouldn't you play one of your rookies who was a stud in college? Granted, his senior year, he was not that great. But his junior year, he was one of the best receivers in the country. Why wouldn't you just put him on the field to see what he can do in a game? You know, like we are so bad. At least prove us, the fans, who are all shouting for him to get on the field. If he's just bad, if he's bad enough to not warrant being on the field, then show us for one game and we'll stop asking. But until then, everybody else sucks. Put him on. If he really sucks, we'll ask for him to get off. Whatever. We, we'll say, all right, you proved us wrong. You told us so, whatever. Yeah. But and we're still in the same boat, anyways, you know. Yeah. Like, would you rather have a 68 overall or a 67 overall playing at receiver? I don't think it matters that much. Play the younger guy. It also gets yeah, confusing when the, you when you look at the quotes from the week, like the, like Bill going into the week said that Keishon Boutte had his best practice of the season. And then Keishon Boutte is <laughs> sitting in the locker room and he's like, dude, I've just been waiting for my call and this is my moment. He said that this week. And the fact he that did, he was yeah. a when it, the fact that he's a healthy scratch is like, what is going? What could possibly be going on here? I, I, I simply don't understand. I don't know. He three D chess. Bill, uh, Bill's just trying to give him some fire or something. Here's a little. Here's know. a. Here's a little story, real quick. Um, at the working at the grocery store in the front end, right? And Roach Brothers, uh, shout out Roach Brothers. Yeah, Roach Brothers uh, grocery store. Shout Sponsor. out them. Not working the, yeah, this is this is the Roach Brothers supermarket seg- segment. Put that across the bottom of the screen. Um. <laughs> So I'm working in the front end bagging groceries, right? Guy comes by, and this is, I think, I think this is the Monday after Josh Allen had that first game against us in 2021 where he didn't punt, where they didn't punt the ball a single time. And the guy's bagging his groceries and they're talking about the Patriots game, and he just goes, classic Belichick, 3D chess, not letting jo- let Josh Allen think that he knows he figured out the defense. And it took everything out of me to hold on to my tongue. And then obviously what happened in the playoff game happened. But it's been a lot of 3D chess for about three years now from Belichick. Still waiting for it to pay off. Yeah. He's trying to lull him back. He's trying to lull the league back into sleep, you know. They're going to forget about him, hey. If you <laughs> aim for the king, you best not miss. See, most of the coaches in this league, I would like, I don't know, it's like 60, 80% of the coaches in this league are offensive coordinators. They're, he's trying to set up this league into a system where everyone values offense. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to develop a whole new scheme. With that scheme, it's going to be a Joker-like position on defense. Eight right? guys on defense. Jabril Peppers. He's going to play <laughs> everywhere. Swiss Army knife. We're and going to give him the illusion gonna... of more room, but yeah. really, we're going to have eight really fast guys. Yeah. We're going to They're all play in safety. We're taking Seattle's poor, tough, man. Poor fucking Marte Mapu's out there, and they're playing. <laughs> they're playing them in the back end <laughs> of the defense. He's a he's like a linebacker. <laughs> Last week. He takes one step the wrong way and Tyreek Hill's standing behind him. And he's, he did it again yesterday. I couldn't believe. Yeah. I, I mean, well, I, I get that they're depleted, but it's like, what, like, how is your strategy of this, like, big, like, hard-hitting, like, punch, like, hybrid safety to be like, oh, yeah, by the way, play center fielder for us on defense. That makes no sense. Yeah. The thing is with Marte Mapu is guys like that who are a hybrid safety linebacker, like, if you think back, Isaiah Simmons was one of those, uh, like, Marcus Golden was one of those like Dion Buchanan, even Kyle Duggar. And like the hit miss ratio on those guys is pretty heavy on the miss side. Uh, Like Golden and Buchanan played for a while. Isaiah Simmons really hasn't found his footing, but I think the best one of that group is Duggar. Um, And he has played safety like his whole career. He slides down in the box uh, every now and again, but Marte Mapu is way bigger than Kyle Duggar and, should probably be more in the front seven in the back end just because his skill set is more geared towards like a a bigger guy run stopper type. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. 3D chess probably, probably too too hard for our tiny brains to understand. Mm -hmm. But on the bright side of things, receiver-wise for us, it was nice to see – Juju actually have some life with him. He had a 50 yards um, last game, which feels like it's more than what he has all season combined. And uh, Douglas has came out and he's shown that he can sort of be that 
sort of like a reliable receiver for us too. He got about 50 yards too. So some life at that position in a sense, even though it's, it feels like it's dead and dying even more by, by the day. Um, doesn't it, it, doesn't it feel okay, Mike, let me ask you this. If I were to ask you who had a better game, DeMario Douglas or Juju Smith-Schuster, what, who would you say? Definitely DeMario Douglas. He played the most snaps. I agree. I would, I would also say like emphatically DeMario Douglas had a better game than Juju. They had the same amount. They both had seven catches for DeMario Douglas at 55 yards. Juju had 51 yards. Way better. I, yeah, so much better. Um, I agree though. Like Demario Douglas had a better game, I think, just because he's got more shine to him. Well, it's just yeah. like it's just it just there's a certain like energy when he's out there, right? Like there's I no totally there's no there's no threat when Juju catches the ball. It's like he's catching it, he's going down. There's some sort of threat that a big play could happen pretty much every time Douglas has the ball. And he seems to be other than Ramondre, who had his best game of the season, probably it seems like he's the only bright spot at all in that receiving core. I totally, totally agree. Um, I have a. Can I throw a question back at you guys? Yeah. This sure. is you guys are. You guys are not going to like this one, but I just thought of it, and I'm kind of a genius for it. Um, <laughs> who do you get? Do you guys think that there's a chance that Tyquan Thornton is a bigger bust than Nikhil Harry? No. And let me but, let me tell you why. Because Nikhil Harry was thought to be. This was right when Brady, the news or like the the whispers were coming out like if we don't get him a weapon like he's gone like Brady's been asking for weapons we need to give him a guy so he stays with the Pats and not only did we draft Nikhil Harry and he ended up not being the guy but we routinely saw so many other guys be the guy for different teams guys from the same draft class infinitely better than him and it's not only that he sucked it's that he barring like a few injuries like he got injured a couple times he was like mostly on the field you know like he was mostly there and he just wasn't getting open wasn't making plays Taekwon Thornton also isn't getting open and making plays but he's made of glass and he was a second round pick and when we drafted him really it wasn't like the fate of the universe for the Patriots are, is on the line. Like we, we were not a good team. Uh, we drafted Thornton to say like, maybe it'll help on Mac Jones. Yeah. When we, yeah. When we, we drafted Harry, it's like, we needed him to keep the dynasty alive. And he didn't. Yeah. That he definitely had more pressure in his shoulders and not to say Thornton doesn't either, because we definitely are a team that needs a receiver. And we took a shot for one in the second round. And it, it seems like ever since we've gotten him, it's been like, okay, we drafted a receiver. We're working to improve our team. And then he's like, okay, I got you guys. I'm going to be great. And then it's just he's, like, left the chat. Like, you haven't heard anything from him. He's been hurt, hurt the whole time. And when he does go in, he, you don't – it's, like, even less of what Nikhil Harry would have done too. I mean, um, it was it was brutal watching that game with them – with him and Mac trying to get on the same page. They were the least on the same page the two players could absolutely possibly on, be on the football field. Yeah. And at least Nikhil Harry mossed a guy against the Jets that one time when we won like fifty to nothing. So that that really, was cool. He has at least really, one highlight real play. Yeah, uh, the tackle really on Thornton, so fast. He's I guess I didn't. Out. I guess I didn't think about it like that. You say it like that. <laughs> think about it. You got to consider that always. No, he sucks. It's it's also like you were saying, Mike. It's tough to be on the same page with your quarterback when you just don't. You never play football. <laughs> Definitely. Like that might that the snaps that he got in the game might be the first time that he's been on a football field in three. Met Mac Jones before. Um, yeah, they're both they are both terrible. Uh, we need immediately to let somebody else do our drafts for us, at least offensively, because God, it's getting. I hate getting my hopes up. But to be honest. Little little switch up here from the Washington Commanders perspective. I think Sam Allo could be their guy for at least the foreseeable future. I mean, he's he's doing a good job running that offense right now. They got a lot of good weapons too, and he was he was he he's been playing well well against Philly. He played well against us too. Like I, he could. I, I think there was some speculation that like 
you know, commanders need a quarterback. It seems like they always do, but at least for now, it seems like they got their guy for the future. Can I ask you a question, Andrew? And I don't really know where he came from. He was, kind of, he was UNC. What did you Can say? Can I ask you a question, Andrew Baroni? Do you think that he might be the guy just because he kind of looks like you, or do you think he's good? I was going to say that, yeah. <laughs> we, our hairstyles are a little bit different, but um, it, it might I feel be like I was being. I felt like I was being told by Sam Howell that he that he that he is the franchise quarterback, which is All right, good. I'm gonna uh oh my god, it's, it's so funny. Oh, this is Andrew, can you like scoot up close to the screen? Wait, do you want me to try and do it? Actually hair around a little bit. Let's see. <laughs> Wait, yeah, let me do it. <laughs> that's the same. My our hairs are, are a little bit different, but definitely like the we, I think we got the same, a similar build. Besides me not being like a you know NFL quarterback, yet. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Look at the camera, Thanks. Andrew. <laughs> Thanks, for, <laughs> Thanks for coming by, Sam. We should, and, uh, you guys should guest on the podcast, Sam Howell. <laughs> you guys should have titled this like we have an exclusive interview with Sam Howell. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I mean, I think not to get too pulled away but i think sam howell he he played well enough to beat us i don't think he definitive definitively showed like wow this guy's gonna be like a top level quarterback in the nfl i don't think he did that he did enough to win but he showed flashes of potential right and i think also like around the league will levis we saw do the same thing a big broad-shouldered athletic guy who has a cannon of an arm and can extend the play, get outside the pocket, make big throws downfield, all things that I would not use to describe Mac Jones. And, you know, it's sort of – it's like that meme where Squidward is looking out the window with his hand, like watching SpongeBob and Patrick. That was how I felt watching Will Levis and Sam Howell having Mac Jones. Absolutely, yeah. DeAndre Hopkins out there too, like huh? Yeah, we should make a, we should have made a meme about that. That's you can even you can even get that feeling watching like fucking Taylor Heineke out there too. At least he's running. At least he's running around like with a smile yeah. on his face, having a good time. I love Taylor Heineke. He's remember we first time we ever watched Taylor Heineke was at our apartments when they almost beat the Bucks. Yeah, great game. Yeah, he dove for the end zone touchdown. He did touchdown. The, the and Chase, last, Chase Young pointed his name. The last really yeah. big game, I feel like. Mac Jones had where I was like, we got a good guy here. I feel like it was his rookie season against Cleveland where he just tore him up, and I was like, whoa, he's he's got he's going to be good. And then it's just been kind of downhill ever since then. We're ass. He was very uh, good then. He was very good on Thanksgiving last year against the Vikings, and that's, that's kind that's kind of it, unfortunately. I think he was. Re- we were talking about it. The game where Brady came back to Gillette. Yeah, no, he was. That was. See, the problem with that one is like he was really good situationally and like the moments he was always good. He led that touchdown drive and even got them in field goal range at the end, but it wasn't like, wow. Like I remember being like, after the Viking games, I was like, okay, this is genuinely like a, like a quarterback that could like put yeah. up numbers every single week. And I felt like the Bucks game was more situationally. Yeah. That the, the game against the Bucks was like a Josh Dobbs esque performance for Mac. And yeah, you can't definitely. get that. Um, yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't ask, you can't find a guy like Josh Dobbs anywhere in this league. Did you know he's played on, uh, five teams since week 15 of last season. Did you know he's bald? He has alopecia. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a guy on uh, on TikTok, and he was a Vikings fan. Oh, and he was he was uh, he was like, "This one's for." It was after the game. He's like, "This one's for Dobbs," and he shaved his eyebrows. Off. I saw that too. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was a lot of good. Uh, Good games, good performances around the league. I think before we move on to that, though, Mike, can you say three three nice things about the Patriots from this past week? Three things that made you happy. Got it. I'll say number one, Ramondre Stevenson. Um, yeah. I was getting I was getting a little bit worried. I feel like that was the one thing that no one really wanted to talk about because it's like if this isn't good, we're in trouble. Um, but Ramondre was digging out holes. I felt like there wasn't. I feel, like they, I feel like he was creating a lot more yards than it probably said on the stat sheet. And obviously, once he got that one hole, it was pretty much over. Um, I thought the tackles were really good yesterday. I thought Christian Barmore is just kind of that dude. It was the one. They didn't tackle well. The, the secondary played terrible. But I felt like he did a pretty good job setting the toe in the middle. And number three would probably be that Caleb Williams and Drake may exist. And they could be playing for your football team soon. <laughs> yeah, that's 
Yeah, those are all good things, I think. That's um speaking of I, I agree with the Ramondre thing. I have been a very staunch defender of Ramondre Stevenson. Um consensus top ten running back, Ramondre Stevenson. Everyone's been saying it. Yep, yep. And um I think that like you said, the offensive line has been playing better. Antonio Moffey, actually, I saw a stat that Dude, since I thought we were just better yet. Attacked. I thought, no, like, yeah, some of the time. Just gonna like open something. Gonna come in here. I like that you were you were prepared though. I was looking ready. over there. I heard like the door. I like how you were letting a little bit. I like how you were letting Andrew get his take off as you were protecting the house too. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't remember what his take was to um, be honest. That's all right. You were you were in defense mode. That's, you like uh, Anton Mafi. and yeah, Antonio Mafi has been doing much much better. I think since week two, his like percentages in like running 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 run blocking and pass blocking grades have gone up like 20 points or something like that so he's been doing a lot better i think maybe having him at a position on the line post this season wouldn't be the worst thing i think he's getting better every week um and then a third thing Jelani Tabai i he's been he's someone that we've mentioned on the previous couple episodes who no matter how much suck we have, no matter how badly the offense does, he just so obviously loves playing football and hitting people hard. And like, I think that's so important to a bad team is having people who can still have fun and get the energy up. And he is definitely one of those guys. I mean, he forced the fumble this past week and, you know, it was, it was awesome. It was good to see. I agree. Brownie. Yeah. Um, I probably agree with both of you on a mix of both of your takes. Uh, Stevenson doing something great was getting getting a sixty yard touchdown was definitely big for us. Um, especially with how our run games kind of played, because we're looking at our run game from the perspective of like, okay, we know that they're good, but they haven't been playing well, and that's because other people suck, right? We're we're like shifting the blame, but it was good to sort of affirm that you know. We still have talent there, um, especially Zeke earlier in the season too. He got a seventy-yard touchdown. It was called back, but you know we got some. We got a little bit of burst, which is nice. Um, Kyle Duggar as well. I feel like he right now with all the injuries we got to Gonzalez and, and Judon. I shouldn't even be saying Gonzalez's name first before Judon, but anyways. Um, but then being hurt, I feel like he's really holding down sort of the leadership position on this defense, and he he played well again last week. Um, it was good to see. And probably number three, um, sneakily Juju Smith-Schuster. And uh, because, you know, I, honestly, he he sort of lost the game at the end there. He definitely did. But the fact that he even had a good game and was, like, catching the football is a step in the right direction with how he has played thus far in the season. And Andrew's not happy with that take. No, right you, now. Said, you said he had a good game and he caught the football. He didn't do either of those things. He, he got lost. 50 yards. Dude. I mean, have you been watching the last seven weeks? He hasn't. Yeah, like, yeah he hasn't existed. Ex- but exactly. you, said, but you like, said in the same sentence, he lost us the game and he had a good game. We're, t- we're looking for positive, good, bad takes here. You know, okay, I got I got a positive bet with a bad I have a talking point kind of going off of that because I obviously I'm a big fan of you guys. You guys are both named Andrew. Um <laughs> but, but so I feel like you guys you guys really aren't embracing the tank, it doesn't seem like. And I just I wanna get you are you guys gonna join me in embracing the tank or are you guys still you guys still like with your little science cheering us on every single week? Anti tank. You're making a T. I'm trying to <laughs> make an A. T for tank. I'm, I'll make an Anti-T. A. Anti-T. Anti- I'm trying to make a cross, but. Not talking about <laughs> Anti-tank. No, I. so my stance, and I believe Andrew shares yeah, the same stance, the same. is that we, we don't want to lose games on purpose. But we don't think that we're good enough to lose games on accident. I think we are right in the, the sweet spot to where we can try our best and not be good enough to win games, win enough games to boot us out of the top five. Exactly. I think we're going to lose enough games naturally to where we will have a top five pick. For sure. And I think Commanders was a game that even even though we sucked, I thought we should still be good enough to beat the Commanders. Obviously not. Mac Jones can't put up 20 points to save his life. <clears throat> 
Um, but I mean, they were like the scoreboard didn't even tell that game. Like that, that the scoreboard said twenty to seventeen, but the game was a we got mollywopped entirely, mollywopped for sure. And I mean, we scored fourteen points the first half, and seven of that came from um, Tobias forced fumble. But the fact that we can't just form another drive to even get. I mean, we, we had one field goal in the whole second. Which we shouldn't have because of that. That roughing the passer call was so egregiously yeah. terrible. That was I mean, think about think about how the think about how the game went, guys. We scored we scored a point on the fumble where we started at the 25. Then at the end of the half, Sam Howell, we at the end of the half, it was a third and twenty-two, and we let Sam Howell rush for a first down. And then we got they got all the way to the five yard line with like 20 seconds left. Sam, for some reason, throws this interception very easily. Could have been another touchdown on the board, and then, I, I, and then, um, like you said, the rough in the passer call, which set up the field goal in the first part. It's like that was that ball was in the commander's hands, going the other way. This easily could have been a twenty point loss. It definitely could be, which is like kind of ridiculous for a game that Mac Jones had a shot to win at the end. Yeah, but that's just kind of been the story of Mac Jones and the story of the season. It's all like I don't I don't know how many opportunities he has had to clutch up and win us the game, but we have so many losses where it's just one score and it's always like, oh, the defense has somehow managed to keep us in the game and he just keeps choking. It's like we I don't expect this guy to win every game, but I feel like his clutch percentage right now is like like maybe like 15%. I don't know. He 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 doesn't clutch up, and there's always other excuses as to why. I and mean, I feel like there's just too many excuses. Got to get a new chef in the kitchen. I, I don't know. New chef in the kitchen. Burgers, aren't, aren't, good. burgers aren't good. Burgers ain't good. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a good a good positive segment. Um, Mike, do you have anything around the NFL specifically that happened this week that you want to highlight? I would good love news, to. Bad news. Fantasy. I would love to. Okay, let's do. How about let's do one good news and one bad news. Sure. What do you got? I'd like to. I'd like to give good news to Bengals fans. Um, I said going going into the game last Cincinnati night. Bengals. I thought it, yeah, Cincinnati Bengals. What happened? But not because I think the Bengals are the best team in the NFL right now. I think they are genuinely the Super Bowl favorite in my opinion. Um, I went into it. I went. I was really worried. I wrote this in the blog a couple weeks ago, but I was really worried because they were falling behind in this Burrow injury meant that he was going to have to keep play, playing hard every single week to catch up in the wild card race just to stay alive for it. Um, but his, he is magically healed from that injury. And it just feels like in terms of teams that are experienced right now, of teams that are teams experienced right now that get to the Super Bowl, it's the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Eagles right now. And I think the Bengals – I mean, I know the Eagles won yesterday, and obviously they're 7-1 and one, or 8-1, and one, and they can go celebrate and stuff like that. Um, but I put my money on the Bengals right now, truthfully, and I think they're like plus 1,000 to win the Super Bowl, which I think is kind of crazy still. Mm-hmm. I will say, um, and I, I didn't realize this, I suppose, Steelers tied for the worst record in the AFC North, although I will say it's a three-way tie because the Ravens are 7-2 and two and the rest of the teams are 5-3, and three, but they are on a four-game win streak, and they are undefeated in non-conference play. So, yeah, the Bengals have been on a heater, which is good for me because I have Jamar Chase. On my fantasy team, I have Joe Burrow. It's good. You guys are all. You guys are the bad news, Mike. Bad news: the Dolphins. Um, I was literally just writing a blog about this before I started talking to you guys. Um, I very rarely like to jump on the take bandwagon with everybody, and I feel like everybody. I I think the word frauds was trending on Twitter yesterday morning. They are one million percent fraudulent. Unfortunately, the the Dolphins. They're a very good football team. They can beat the hell out of the terrible teams. But when a team matches them with the athleticism and the physicality and the dudes out there, they I mean, it's just been clear as day. I mean, it, it can happen once in Buffalo. Pass rush is good. Two has to be great. He's not. Then it happens again in Philadelphia. Then yesterday, I mean, we're talking about a game where the, Chief, the Chiefs defense was fantastic, but the Chiefs offense was terrible. And I mean, the, the Chiefs only scored 14 points. They had seven points off of the defensive one. And the Dolphins legitimately put together one good drive against the Eagles on Sunday night a couple weeks ago and one good drive against the Chiefs in that game. And their only their other touchdown ended up coming off of the Mahomes fumble where Mostert um, punched it. And I just don't – I just I know a lot of people have thrown a lot of shit at some other quarterbacks, and I know that Tua gets a fair amount of shit. Um, but when it comes to creating out of structure and doing things that are off script, I just don't – I just don't see it with him. And I just – I think it's a big issue. And I, I, I think that when the offseason comes around, this will be a, a big topic of discussion when it comes to giving him a contract. Mm. Yeah, 
if I, I don't know, the Dolphins are one of those teams where they're in a tough spot because they're structurally they're great. They have great defense. Their offense, you know, it, it feels like it couldn't be better right now. But obviously, as you were saying, they are lagging that quarterback position. Um, but they they give me um, the vibe that they give me is like that that Bengals Andy Dalton AJ Green where they're just dogging everyone in the league early in the season. And then come playoff time as, you know, injuries sort of wear in, they just suck. They're just the fraudulent con artist um, nature that they are in their core comes out and everyone can really see it. Um, and, you know, we're saying that from the perspective of a team that's beat us for the last three years. But- Absolutely. No, I mean, they they own me. They are with 100% there. My dad, they own the household. <laughs> they pay the bills. Like, they absolutely own me. Um, but obviously, I'm just talking in a, a big, big picture perspective. I yeah. think that after that 70-point game, I think that we all had a really great image of what this Dolphins team was. They were genuinely being discussed as breaking football with Mike McDaniel and these, these uh, zone screens and motions and stuff like that. And I think they've been put in their place and I have a hard time. I, I, I just, I have a hard time picking them the rest of the way. They kind of have an easy schedule going forward until um, the end of the season where they have a couple of big games and maybe they can prove themselves there. I think they play the Cowboys and the Bills again late, um, but I'm running out of time with the Dolphins believing in them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dolphins sit at six and three right now. They're, they're, they're going to win three. the division too, which is the crazy part of it. But it's like, it's, it's, it's like with the Vikings last year for me. I think the way their record is right now, they are um, their six wins come from teams that are under 500, and their three losses come from teams over 500. So that's never a great indicator um, of future success. Not and, at all. and the Bills as well, they they've not been playing well either. Five and four now. You know, a lot of people see them as the definitive uh, or one of the definitive best teams in the AFC, and they are just proving that they are sort of. Um, bred from the same cloth as the Dolphins are, um, so. Well, what's your what's your take? A quick quick take on the 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 Bills, Mike. What do you, what do you think? The sort of nature of the AFC East right now. I'm worried. I'm genuinely worried about the Buffalo Bills. Um, I I think Tariqo had a really interesting call last night where, um, Collinsworth said something along the lines of like, you know, the run game isn't figuring it out tonight. Um, so they're going to have to just rely on the on the path. And Jericho said something along the lines of like, well, when are they going to figure out the run game? Because it seems like they always just, will, you know, we'll do it tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll figure out the run game, right? James Cook will get going at some point. I actually, yeah, I don't think the best running backs in the league and you just don't use them. It's, I hate it's, when you say that. It's it's insane. I hate I know. I, Damian, I, and Damian Harris, he's he's good in the zone runs. I totally agree with you, Brony, on that one. Um, but <laughs> but I just, I, I think that at some point in time, you have to, They've got to lock in on things. And I just feel like they've been a big time, like, you know, save us, Josh Allen. And the thing is, he does. I mean, they had they had the ball down 11 after that Kincaid fumble. They somehow got all the way back in that game with the Diggs touchdown. It's the same kind of vibe of what happened in the Jaguars game. Um, but the problem is, like, there's a big time, like, save me, Josh Allen, and Stephon Diggs energy. And I think in one playoff setting, you can do that. But now we're talking about a potential playoff path for them where they might, you know, we could talk about, going into Baltimore, needing a big win, going into Cincinnati, needing a big win, then going into Kansas city. I think it's going to, I think it's going to be a real challenge. And I think they're, they have a, a tough schedule going the rest of the way. Like you said, I think they're, what are they five and four right now? Yeah. I think they're the ninth seed right now in the AFC. So it's like, life is not going to be easy. Honestly, everything that I thought was going to be the Bengals issues to start the year. I feel like it's flipped on its head with Buffalo. Yeah. It's uh, it seems like the bills always, have uh, that hype from the media and the expect the great like Super Bowl expectations in the preseason and you know all everybody's crowning them as the AFC champs or in the AFC championship immediately, but they haven't really done anything to deserve that. I feel like, and it's been proven these last few years that once the playoffs start, you know they they don't really take it as far as they're expected to. So it's going to be, it's going to be tough for uh, Bill's mafia, I think, but um, Andrew, do you have any, any notes that you want to get to any positives, any negatives from um, the rest of the NFL? I have a couple, if you don't, uh, yeah, you can, you can take I'll go it away here. real, real quickly. I'll say uh, my, 
big positive from this past week, CJ Stroud. I know Mike, notable Ohio State fan, for some reason, you must have been very happy. There it is. Oh, that, oh nice. that that's really was that a, was that must have had to have been a Secret Santa gift or something. Yeah, that's absolutely. You, I mean, you could tell by the look of it, it's a Secret Santa gift. No way around it. <laughs> <laughs> and now, is there a button on that that maybe makes it do something else? Yep. If it was plugged in, I would show you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but CJ Stroud went nuclear. I mean, five touchdowns. He's touchdown interception ratio this season is fourteen to one. So CJ Stroud is wholeheartedly defeating the Ohio State quarterbacks can't translate to the NFL narrative. So good for him. And you elevator hate, yes broad, Justin Fields. I was like, you um, hate you hate to hear narratives like that go down. I mean as a as a football fan, you hate to see great narratives like go like that go down. But I guess it is the case. Can I say something real quick? Yes. For sure. CJ Stroud, uh top top ten quarterback or Yeah, I, right he, now. Uh, yeah. Dude. But I yes. mean like think about him, right? He he how do you do sort of like okay against the Panthers. I mean, he, he could be right. I'm I'm just annoyed from like a fantasy manager manager, right? This is this is where this takes coming from, right? Um, he gets me 12 points against the Panthers. So I'm like, okay, obviously can't trust him to start. Very next week goes nuclear, passes five for five touchdowns against the Bucks. I don't understand it. Hope I, to see it going forward. Yeah. But I think the good news so. is, and this gets lost a lot, is that Fantasy football is not regular football. Yes, it is not for and sure. Justin Fields is not a good quarterback. Um, and I'd say bad news for this week. Sorry, Giants fans. R.I.P. Daniel Jones, one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history, based on his contract. And it's just tough to see your franchise go down like that. Mm-hmm. Um, also tough for us because they are currently racing with us to have one of the best picks in the draft. And oh, that, yeah. that does not bode well for us. Although Tyrod, he's got some swag to him, so I don't know. I, th- I think the Giants are in a better, like, tanking situation than we are right now. Maybe. They but, they suck yeah. as well. Whoever they get is going to be a bust, so it's okay from that perspective. Yeah. Um. So I'd say for me – a. I, I don't really know if this is a good thing. It's it's sort of a, another con artist I wanted to point out around the NFL. Um, I've always been a believer that the Cowboys are con artists, and you know they have a ton of hype coming into, the, uh, into every season. You know, I like Micah Parsons. I like his podcast. Mike Apartments. Mike Apartments. <laughs> but I feel like he he sees himself as like he's going to win the Super Bowl this year, and it's 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 I like him. He's a great player, but dude, you got to understand the team you're on. And the person who's your quarterback, like you, you are yourself a con artist, and you don't realize it completely. I disagree with that. I don't think he's a. Con I don't think artist. he's a con artist, but he's. It's like was Tyree Kill a con art, artist? No, no. But he's on a team that's full of con artists. The Chiefs, right? No, he's on the Dolphins. I know he said he, he was. A, you said he was a con artist. No, I'm saying oh. no, 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 no. Classic case of the Tyree Kill misunderstanding. Classic case. Of the <laughs> <laughs> it happens every week, guys. Um, yeah. I hate. I hate this take so much. You don't. You don't think so? I because no, I, I think like in was... that tier, they're like Dolphins, Cowboys, same tier. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! What the fuck is this? Wait, Mike, do you hear that? Hear that sound? sound? Do you hear that? Could that? Could that be? Could that be alarm? The alarm to signify that we are about to enter the shotgun. No, Mike, shotgun. are you ready to enter the shotgun? I'm ready. So. For those of you who haven't heard this before, those at home, and Mike, our new guest, I'm at the rules home of the shotgun are simple. We ask you, Mike, a trivia question. You then have 60 seconds to both shotgun a beer and answer fully the trivia question. And if you do it, you get a point. If you don't, you're shamed for eternity. Mm-hmm. Now, I've spent my whole life waiting for moments like these. <laughs> Now, uh, I will ask you the question: If do you have you have everything prepared? I have a I, I have a twist on your twist. Oh God! All right, oh, let's boy. let's get twisty. What do you got? I couldn't find any beers downstairs, but I found the next best thing. It's in season. We're talking apple cider, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I was thinking. I don't know. I was thinking I got a, I brought a pair of scissors. I was thinking maybe I just cut open the bottom of it and I just <laughs> <put> the cider. 
That's a good right. call. That's so good call. for those who can't see it, it's not like a, a spike cider in a can. It's a, it's like a I'll, half I'll, gallon I'll plastic. It to them. It is premium stop and shop. This is from non-concentrate. This is 100% juice we're talking about. And there will okay, be no perfect. sugars added to this, which is good. <laughs> All right. So like Mike, Mike is going to shotgun a plastic half gallon of apple cider. And he will do so once I ask him this question. So, Mike, you might want to – it's not a can, so, you, like, you can cut it first if you want. I'm going to ruin my new Mac laptop doing this, which is good. Well, that's – I mean, you should have known what you signed up for. That's <laughs> true. That's just, that's just the life of a podcaster. Am I right, guys? The life of a podcaster. All right, let me know when you got that hole ready. Look. Yeah, you, you know me. Like you're working through it. Yeah, no, you know, you know me, guys. I literally went downstairs and I said, do you guys have any joke drinks to my parents? And they're like, what does that even mean? (laughs) Fun fact for those at home. um, Mike's dad's name is Bill Murray. That's a very, that's an absolutely true fun fact. Yeah. I also, I had the chance chance to be named Bill Murray the third and they didn't let me. (laughs) That that would have been kind of, kind of sick. (laughs) All right. Are you ready, Mike? Bill Murray the third. All right, he's got the hole in it. All right. All right, Andrew, after I ask this question, you can start the timer. Let's build this show. Wait, so what wait, so when do I answer the question? You so you can answer the question as soon as you finish the drink. Don't drink it yet. Don't drink it yet. So I'm gonna ask the question. I'll be honest, gonna, I don't even like apple cider. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna ask the question. Once I finish the question, you can start drinking. And once you finish drinking, you can begin answering the question. Okay? Also, I think I maybe said this to you at Baroni this weekend, but I have a, a case of small mouse syndrome, so I'm not very good at chugging things either. <laughs> well, it's a good but, thing you yeah. have a nice drink that you like a lot. <laughs> yeah, true. Perfect. All right. Ready, Mike? Here's, here's the question. Since 2019, can you name – Eight receivers that have been drafted after Nikhil Harry to have made the Pro Bowl. Wait, wait, in the same draft as him or no? No, no, no. just since 2019 after Nikhil Harry. Got it. Ready? Three, yep. two, one, start. And he's the off. The timer is going. Mike oh, is making progress. He's he chuckled moving. a little bit. It's tough because it, you, you, it's a plastic yeah. half gallon. It, you can't it, re- Oh, he's almost oh, done. Yeah. Oh, my God. His flow is disrupted. Small second, mouth syndrome. He's, he's got flow. Mike oh, is a strong opposer. you got time, Mike. Oh, a little bit left. Get nice. rid of the Campbell spin. Perfect. Oh. <laughs> 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 All right. All right. Go ahead. All, All right. right. You got 30 uh, seconds. Nikhil Harris drops in 20. All right. So. In 2020, uh, Justin Jefferson. Yep, he's one. CD Lamb for the year. Okay, CD Lamb. Yep. Uh, I almost said Henry Ruggs. Uh, Amon Rossell Brown. <laughs> yep. Jamar Chase. Yep. Jalen Waddle. No. Devonta Smith. No. Shit. Um. Ooh, brutal. Eight seconds. Oh no. Um. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. No. Oh, uh, you are out of time, Mike. The thing is, I nailed, I nailed the part I thought I was going to suck at, and I didn't. Yeah, I, didn't, I honestly yeah. thought you would be able to <laughs> rattle off these guys super quick, and I was worried because earlier we were oh, talking I'm about – Oh, I'm an idiot. It's all right. I mean, may, maybe a little bit, but that's okay. <laughs> like AJ Brown and DK Metcalf. Yeah, so I'll, I'll run through the list. Uh, I'll name the super obvious guys first. So, Jefferson, you got. You yeah. got Chase, you got Lamb, and you got Amon Ross St. Brown. You didn't get DK, AJ Brown, Brutal. Debo, uh, Terry McLaurin, and then there are a few less heralded guys. You got Deontay Johnson. You got well known touchdown getter, Deontay Johnson. True, yes, he gets a lot of them consistently. Recently. Uh, you got Hunter Renfro made the Pro Bowl. Yeah. And this is a kind of a, an asterisk because he made it as a returner. Do you want to eat? Do you want to guess? We're talking Jamal Agnew. No, same draft as Nikhil, also in the AFC. Uh, as a returner, uh, another hint, uh, notable London Black Knights star receiver. Yes, okay. if that means if that, that is, this is really testing our friendship, Mike. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> um. Is it one of the guys you guys like have an upgrade to like a 99 overall? Yes, actually. He's an X Factor. So one is Jerry Judy, and the other one is this guy. 
Uh, I'm, I'm struggling with you. I'm struggling, guys. He is on the Chiefs. He actually – Oh, I know it. I know it. I know it. Is it Nicole Hardman? It is. Nicole yes. Hardman. Uh, well-known Chief. Well-known Big Brother player. <laughs> True, yeah. He got yeah, he got sniped in uh Cam's HOH, which sucked, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so unfortunately, Mike, that does put you at 0 and 1 in yeah. the shotgun. Um, but that's okay because Andrew also hasn't won yet, and he's had a lot more tries than you. Oh, wait, you do this every week? Mostly most, most of the time. Oh, okay. Have you ever, tried it with apple, have you ever tried it with apple cider before? No, no that's, a, How- that's an interesting. How was it? Proposition, though, yeah. Honestly, good. It was very. It said no. It said no sugars added. One of the most sugary things I've ever drank in before. <laughs> <laughs> going on there. Oh man. Also, I have a quick, yeah. I have, so that I was. I have a quick discussion based off of that, real quick. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, AJ Brown. Why can't AJ Brown be MVP right now? I think the race is wide open. I think Tyreek is certainly in there. I think A.J. Brown is certainly in there. I guess my most direct answer to why A.J. Brown can't be MVP is because he is not as good as Tyreek right now. Yeah, but I mean this – If you're going to give it to a non-quarterback, I think you'd give it to Tyreek Hill. But I guess – I mean, I guess my my take would be that combo of like, oh, your team has to be really good and you have to be really good. Like A.J. Brown has been the most important player probably on the best team in football. That's a fair argument. I think he is like, a dog. I mean, whole, I mean, it comes down to like the Cooper Cup thing, where it's like, why? Wait, if Cooper Cup's like the best player on the team, that's the best, and he's breaking all these records. Like, why can't he win the most valuable player award? That's another thing. Yeah. If Cooper Cup didn't win and he had the best <clears throat> year a receiver has ever had in NFL history, it would be a tough sell. But I think, I mean, there's no point in. It's like the student loan thing. Like, why would you? be opposed to canceling student debt if you didn't get it. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like just because Cooper Cup didn't get it doesn't mean that another receiver shouldn't get it. Right? No, you're right. It does it does feel like unless someone breaks Calvin Johnson's record, they're not going to ever get MVP, which kind which sucks, but obviously it's how it works. But it, mm, Tyreek is on pace. Yeah, he's oh. over a thousand yards already. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's a, a fair discussion question. I don't think any quarterback has gone above and beyond and proven that they are the runaway MVP favorite. Which is pretty interesting so far because usually I feel like at this point in the season, there's usually that one or two quarterbacks that you're like, oh, definitively, like this is an MVP guy. But everyone's kind of been up and down uh, thus thus far, at least like the uh, elite guys. So it would be interesting to see a Tyreek Hill or A.J. Brown type. Uh, Anyone that's just not a quarterback, you know, be in the discussion. Us, maybe. Us. Yeah. Me, Chugging. Mike. Mike, Mike, Mike maybe <laughs> that'd be cool. UMass alum, UMass alum, Mike. Also, I will say, um, as someone who has $25 on Lamar Jackson to win MVP after like week two, maybe him, guys, maybe him, two time MVP. People would really be upset about that. I wouldn't. I love Lamar, but a lot of best, Lamar haters. Here's a little fun fact best um, interception ratio of his career, really. Yeah, yeah you were. No, that's me. That's my laptop yelling at me. At least you. At least people like you, though. The text. I was gonna say it's it's a lot of Jets Discord right now, which isn't good. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Go Jets. J E T S. Jets. 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 I need Brees Hall to do well today. We will see what happens. Um, I think to wrap things up, probably because we we do have a men's league hockey game we got to go to, um, and Andrew and I are very integral members of that team were the only two oh, yes. with the same name. Bush um, Lightning. Bush um, Lightning. I've kind of been on a tear thus far. Not really no, we lost out a couple three, But, hey, we won a couple games against some of the best teams. Yeah, and then we've lost. We're back. But so this is a, a segment that we had uh, a while, uh, last week. We did it. We touched on it. And uh, we want to bring it back in a more spotlighted setting, more, more time to talk about these guys. Last week we kind of sprung it up. But this time we want to have a dedicated – Fan of Fame section. So just to remind everybody, Fan of Fame, these guys aren't the best players on the team. They don't have to have the most stats or be the most celebrated or be very contributing members of the team. You just have to like them and remember them for one reason or another. And I think my Fan of Fame player for this week, I'm going to go – 
I'm going to go with somebody who I believe only had one touchdown for the Patriots, but it came in the playoffs and he had a really cool celebration and he was really old. Steven Jackson, baby. I love oh, him. Oh, like he was so good. He's a great answer for like the uh, NFL grid challenge. If anyone ever played that, um, Steven Jackson was such a stud on the Rams. He was even still pretty good on the Falcons after he left. It's Todd Gurley career arc, by the way, a lot of people forget. Um, but, yeah, Steven Jackson wasn't very good on the Patriots, but it was fun to see him there. It's always fun seeing, like, legendary old guys come to the Pats. Hopefully this isn't yours, Andrew Brony, but also kind of in that same vein when James Harrison played for the Patriots for, like, two days. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. He had a he actually had a great Super Bowl. He didn't have a lot of stats, but he was so disruptive against the Eagles. That was awesome. I loved him. He was like actually kind of a contributor for us. Yeah, it was fun. Also bald. Also one of the best bald guys of all time, I think. No way around it. Yep. Was that your guy, Mike? Was that your fan of fame? No. All right. Someone on Cork one. I think I got my guy. We get a guy that, um, as of late, I think he uh, was one of our best players. Um, You know, he came at a time when no one really expected anything of him, and he gave us the world. And, you know, we gave him in return. What? The Tennessee Titans. We gave him – we shipped him out of town. (laughs) We sent him to Tennessee. Nick Folk. (laughs) <laughs> Why did we ever do that? He he I think true, he just set the NFL true. record for for um 70 or so field goals hit in a row from 40 yards. Yeah, like he he's he's a good kicker. He still is he like I remember we had we were scrambling between kickers um ever since I felt like we got rid of Goskowski and he came in and he was consistent, never missed a kick. We had him for two, three, four years. Great kicker. Out of nowhere, Belichick's like, Cap, Chad Ryland, he's our guy now. Well, so. Sorry. Sorry about say that. So, say sorry again. <laughs> what so, about, remember uh, when we signed, we drafted that that kid, and then like a week after we drafted him, they're like, oh, by the way, he has like a Nazi tattoo. Yeah, that punter. What was his name? What was his what? name? <laughs> I forget about Mar- that. You went to Marshall, I think. Yeah, we are Marshall. Yeah, I guess we are Marshall. Sorry. Damn. All right. Do you want me yeah. to do mine? Nick Folk. Yeah, Mike, yeah. beat that. that was great. Honestly, Brony, that was a great one. I was very happy. I didn't expect a lot of active players in this one, so that was good. Yeah, thank you. I, I miss him still. Mine is someone Mine is someone who I always call by the wrong name, and I don't remember him ever playing after this game, um, but I was 12, and the Red Sox were in the World Series. And earlier that day, the Patriots were playing the Saints. Oh, my God. Kimbrough Tompkins caught the big one. But some little white guy whose either name is Aaron Cauley or Austin Cauley. Austin Cauley. Austin Cauley, number 10. He was basically Wes Welker again, which was good. Um, Yeah. He never really got going. Um, I never got that Austin Cauley jersey I always wanted. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He was, I mean, he was basically, he was too, too late for Wes Welker, but too early for Julian Edelman and fit right in between those two guys. I feel like for like he one walked game. so Edelman could run. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good pick. That's a very solid group. I think we have here. I honestly have no clue who Austin <laughs> Collie is. <laughs> you love Pretty much him. he was a legend. That's all you got to know. You would love him. You would absolutely love him. Andrew Browning. <laughs> He's that, you know, like, Welker, Amendola, Hogan, Edelman type. He's a he's a uh uh crafty, sneaky, athletic type, hard nosed player. He former just, quarter, he, former quarterback, former lacrosse player. <laughs> played played lacrosse at Buffalo. <laughs> high school <laughs> went to the same high school as Clayton Kershaw, and Matt Stafford. Yeah. <laughs> Really? He went, to, he went to Harvard with Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> oh, no, not really. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, that would have been a random fun fact. Uh, a little Austin Collie fun fact for you. That's a good one. That's uh, that's a good group of guys. Um, yeah, I feel I feel solid potential, about this. Potential super team. 
Yeah, definitely the starter one. Maybe if you team them up with guys like Josh Gordon and Michael Floyd, that's a lethal receiving group <laughs> with a with a great running back and a an astute kicker. You know what's really funny? Whenever I think of NFL super teams, I just think I I was looking at it because it's like in the box right next to me. I had a, a Sports Illustrated save that said like Eagles super team, and one of the one of the main guys was Namdi Asamoa. Yeah. He it never really got going for Mr. Namdi. In no, you know. we actually talked about that the other day. Me and Andrew, he was so good on the Raiders because he played man coverage always, and then he got, went to Philly, and they were like, "We're gonna make you his own corner," and he was just so bad. He went so bad. Peace, peace rest in peace, Namdi. He's still alive, I think. I hope. Yeah, hopefully, we'll let we'll we'll really we'll we'll show soon. Yeah, but I think uh, yeah, that's a good segment to end things off. Mike, thank you for joining us. We're going to plug Mike's articles that he writes. Every week he writes an article about the NFL. We're going to put it in the description of this podcast. Go check it out. It's awesome. Uh, Mike, hopefully you can come back and have a shot at redemption in the shotgun. I got I to gotta go to the store and get some more apple cider hopefully soon. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah but uh, next week, hopefully we have a better outcome. Who are we playing next week? Colts in Germany. Germany. Yeah, we're going to Germany. That's just good. You guys are going to Germany, I believe, to do a yeah, live Yeah, me and Andrew, they, they, they asked us to go and broadcast. Yep. Um, so we're me and Andrew are going to be in Germany. Uh, for anybody listening, Mike, did you know we have we have three countries that listen to us? None of them are Germany, but maybe if we go there, we'll make some, some new sure. friends. We can make meet some people, you know, yeah. have some German pretzels and uh, you know, drink some beer. Yeah. What are the three countries? Kurt Cousins? Yes. <laughs> so what you said? One of the three countries, and you said the name of the Vikings quarterback back to me. <laughs> we are uh, the good old U.S., Canada, and Israel. So wow. we got three. Yeah, we got three countries right with now. Everything that's going with everything that's going on, that's shocking. <laughs> I, know, I know. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So you know, we got the Colts this week, and uh, hopefully, we can come back with. Some good news. We were really, 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 really fired up after uh, the Buffalo game, and that was just such a great feeling, and I'm yearning for it even Wait, more. Wait, so again, real quick, we can finish on this. Do you guys want to win the game next week? I wouldn't be mad. I, w- I mean, I would like to win every game. I would like, you know, because I think the second we lose that winning culture and we're just relying on a young guy, that's when we've lost ourselves. What do we have right day. now? What do we have right now? We have hope, Mike. We always have hope. We, we have, have Belichick. We have the defense, even though they're completely injured. You know, we still have them. We still get the schemes. And, yep, we got the beacon. We got the beacon. The beacon to guide us through the darkness. The That's beacon to light our hope and see our path through. The beacon mm-hmm. that, for some reason, they had John Bon Jovi in last week. Yes. And it and didn't really do much. More beacon fun facts. You can see Boston from the Foxborough Beacon. What do you think about that, Mike? Really fun fact. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, hey, this has been uh, episode 11 of the Dropback Podcast. Thank you, Mike, for coming in. Hopefully we'll see you again. And, uh, yeah, go Pats, baby. We'll see you next time. All right, bye, guys. Thank you. I'll be back, guys. Don't you worry.